Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Crosswires. I hope you've got your reading glasses on for this one, because we're going to be talking magazines. No, not those kind of magazines. The good, wholesome computer and technology and entertainment magazines. I have really fond memories of being, uh, you know, being ten, eleven, and running to the newsagents to pick up my copy of the One Amiga back in the day. And I have two wonderful guests this week who, believe it or not, actually make a magazine. How on earth am I to find guests who actually make a magazine is a whole different story. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Andrew and Paul from Pixel Addict. Hello. And hello. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming along. Let's start a little bit with a little bit about yourselves. And I'll start in alphabetical order, to be fair. So, Andrew... Tell people a little bit about yourself. Hello, yes, my name is Andrew. Um, so I am a one of the uh, sort of writers for Pixel Addict, as previously mentioned. My start with computers started back when I was, oh goodness, mid-80s. I forget how old I was, but then eight, nine years old. Uh, with a Spectrum 48K Plus, the plastic case, plastic keyboard one. Um, and uh, I have fun memories of uh, writing programs typed out of a magazine, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, and then it working, and then not so fond memories of failing to save it, so that was about, if I recall correctly, it took about an hour to type it in, and I just couldn't figure out how to save it, it just wouldn't work, but never mind, you live and you learn. And then we had, uh, my mum worked in education, so she got access to a BBC Micro, that's where you that's all I remember for the uh, computer literacy projects back in 1982, I think it was. So, yes, I played with that for a while. And then my first introduction to 16-bit computing was the Atari ST. Uh, I wanted an Amiga because all my mates had one. But uh, my dad said, no, we can't afford an Amiga. So I'll have to have an Atari ST. So I was the moderately proud owner of an Atari 520 STFM, which I have since rebought from eBay. And uh, I have it on display at my little museum over to my right. Um, I then eventually uh, managed to bribe my dad and promised to pay for a chunk of it into getting an Amiga 500. And um, I think that Amiga is responsible for one of the closest friendships of my teenage years. Uh, my friend Martin, who I will hopefully listen to this podcast when I send him a link, um, we used to play Lemmings, the two-player version of Lemmings, after school for hours and hours after school uh, we had the hacked version of lemmings so infinite everything so <laughs> infinite powers and two player lemmings and two teenage boys you can imagine the carnage that that uh, brought i then as all my friends moved onto the consoles and um onto pcs i stuck faithfully with the amiga brand and i bought an amiga 1200 and uh, i had that all through my university years i Put an accelerator in it, some extra memory, got a CD-ROM drive, a little hard drive in there. But finally, my final year of university, uh, I had to switch to the PC for practical reasons. And I have been PCs ever since. And then I got back into the retro bug um, when I started watching RMC uh, The Cave and also listening to the Retro Hour podcast. And this would have been two, three years ago now. And it just brought back some sort of fond memories. And I thought, you know what? It would be nice just to have a little collection of uh, memories of computers I had back in the day, computers I wanted back in the day, 
maybe one or two that my friends had. And then this afternoon, in fact, I just bagged a uh, Philips CM8833 Mark One monitor uh, of eBay. Uh, an absolute steal. I won't say how much because it'll probably get some hate mail as a result. <laughs> but it was very cheap and... Uh, there's a nice uh, person in Winchester who's going to be posting that up to me, and hopefully it'll arrive in one piece, fingers crossed. But uh, again, that monitor has particular memories because we had those at school. And again, it's it's. I'm not really buying... I, well, I, I do buy the retro hardware to play on it, so I don't play on it very much. But for me, retro, you take them back to the time when you saw it first. You're taken back to those memories. Instantly, you're not in the room. You are. You just have to look at your uh, Amiga 500, for example, and you're instantly taken back to that time. You can see it sitting on your desk in your childhood bedroom. You can picture sitting next to your friends uh, committing genocide with lemmings or racing Lotus Esprit cars. With the Spectrum, I can just look at it and instantly I'm transported back to my friend Andrew's attic uh, playing Batman in there. And that's why... I prefer the Spectrum 128K version of Batman over the Amiga version of Batman, because even though the Amiga version is clearly superior from graphics and the sound, it doesn't have the same memories, and that's what's important in this in this hobby, I think. It's the, mach- it's the memories that these machines mm. provoke, um, and that, for me, is so powerful. And then I've just got a bit of a collection of uh, Amiga formats and CU Amiga magazines and things like that, which obviously I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. And, and I think you've hit the nail on my head there in terms of what makes retro. It's not just about playing those old games because anybody can go out and, and get, well, I was going to say anybody can go out and get a, a Raspberry Pi and put Retro Pi on it, but not so much at the moment because we're a bit hard to get hold of. <laughs> um, but, you know, anybody can go and get the games and play them, but it's those specific memories with certain Amiga games that will always have a special place in my heart. So, yeah, thank you. Paul, what about yourself? Tell us, uh, tell us your your sad, sad story. Wait, wait a second. <laughs> um, note for editor: don't call Paul sad. Um, tell us your story, Paul. Sorry, you should have just kept that in. But oh, yeah. no, that's staying in. That was intentional. That could stay in. That's going to can easily stay in because that's just absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, look, things that I'm into are seen as sad by some people, and uh, my wife oft- often calls me that because. Uh, the amount of old games magazines I have delivered, which I always forget about, inverted commas, when they turn up. Um, but yeah, just listening to Andrew then, um, I've got some of the similar memories to him because like my first machine was, uh, again, an Atari STE, uh, STE uh, which was like this power pack, which came with 20 games. Mm. And my friend who I spent the most time seeing, he had um, a green screen Amstrad 464. And that's what I wanted because, again, like Andrew, I spent so much time playing Batman the movie on his Amstrad and I absolutely loved it. So before, when he said, um, the, the obviously graphics are nowhere near as good as the Amiga, but like things like the um, the car level, you know, obviously it's side on rather than from behind the car, you know, on the uh, 8-bit versions. Mm. And I don't know, I've just got some like, you know, really good uh, memories from playing that, even with its uh, green screen. But um, obviously when I got the uh, ST, I was happy with it, you know, it was uh, obviously there to help with schoolwork. And I've, I've wrote about this a little bit in, uh, well, which will be issue four of Pixel Addicts, just talking about like uh, my gaming origins story, you know, which we're all starting to... Uh, get done just so the uh, readers can 
learn a bit about us. So from VST, I had mates who had the Amiga and everything. And when you say going around to your mates and playing certain games, I remember um, playing Lotus on my mate's A500. And every time I hear, um, you know, the Sunshine on a Rainy Day uh, song, um, can't think who sings it. Is it Zoe or Zoe? Uh, yeah, I think it's Zoe. Yeah. Any time I hear that song, it makes me just think of being around at his house playing the Amiga and Lotus. And then I also remember playing things like um, Nightbreed, because uh, again, yes. I was obsessed with a cover of Nightbreed at a video shop. So when um, my mate got the um, like movie tie-in pack, so I think it was Nightbreed, Back to Future 2, which mm-hmm. wasn't very good, yep. and also Shadow of the Beast, I think, was in it, and Deluxe Paint. And I, I remember seeing Deluxe Paint going, wow, this is brilliant, you know. And I was looking through an old ST, for- I will get to back to the point in a minute, but I was looking through an old ST format from... 1990 um the other day and there was an advert for deluxe paint on the st and i'd totally forgotten all about this coming out on the st because i was saw it as a an amiga package mm. and it's funny because the uh, advert on the st is going the amiga's got me amiga owners are going to be jealous of it and i'm just going honestly i'm good at it when it comes to retro memories but i had no idea that that you know came out on st because i always saw it as an amiga product mm. but anyway um so I, I went from VST to, um, must have been about 1993, pretty sure my memory's right there, onto the Super Nintendo, which is still my all-time favourite console, uh, because some of my favourite games are out on that. Went from SNES to an A1200 with an extra uh, floppy drive. I never put the hard drive in or anything like that. And that came from um, Loot, um, if people remember the... Uh, free ads paper, when I say free ads, I think you had to pay a couple of quid. You know, back then, before the internet, you find yourself ringing people up at half six in the morning going, hi, yeah, sorry to bother you, you still got that, you know, um, ST1040 uh, that you're selling for 70 quid? And you're like, what? Do you know what time it is? Yeah, yeah, I had to get in early, you know. And it just sounds like a totally bygone time. The amount of times then, like, I think for one of the machines, it was either the Amiga or it was one of the SNESs that I've owned. Uh, we had to go over to Preston. So it was like not a massive drive, but then you'd be rocking up at someone's house, you know, like quarter past eight in the morning going, right, I'm here for it. I'm the first one. I'm the first one. You know, they're still in the pyjamas and you're here just going, here's some money. You know, you saved up your paper and money or whatever. And it just sounds bonkers now. You know, it's it's one of those things which is totally, you know, of its time. So yeah, so after A1200, I went back to Super Nintendo uh, just for a year and then went down the PlayStation path. My mum, who was doing a college course, got a PC Pentium 75. So that sort of picked up sort of the same sort of games that I used to play on my ST and Amiga, you know, but obviously things had moved on quite a bit. So when I used to play things like the uh, LucasArts games, that obviously carried on onto PC, you know, with things like David Tentacle with CD, you know, sound and everything like that. Um, you know, Champ Manager going on to Football Manager and everything like that. And those sort of like real-time strategy games. And then it was just basically on to, you know, the different PlayStations and then selling up, you know, about what, late 90s, you know. And then when I worked at Game Station early noughties, buying everything back again cheap before the retro boomers selling it all off again mid noughties then buying it all again in 2012 um for probably about a third more than what i sold yeah about a third more than what i sold it for seven years earlier and some of the games that i even bought in 2012 bearing in mind we're going back a decade now mm. which sounds insane 
um, like a 20 quid game, so something like Zombies on the SNES, you're looking at about 60 or 70, you know, boxed and stuff. And again, the same thing goes to uh, games magazines because back in 2012, people weren't bothered about them. People were focused in on the games, but magazines were just still seen as, well, a load of tat, really. You know, it was all about the games, games, games. But for me, uh, the memories, like Andrew said, there's certain things where you go, you know what? I remember buying that. The ST format, the only ST format I own that I bought um, off a fellow writer, um, Mark, and his Sega mags, cheap plug for him there, um, yeah. was the first ST format that I bought. And, uh, you know, like I've made sure that I've, I've got a copy of the first ST action that I remember buying age mm. almost 11 back in, what, 1990? You know, um, I've got a lot of good memories. So now... Um, I've added all the magazines that I want, more or less. I still buy the odd issues if you're not like sky high. But before, um, well, earlier on today, we were talking about uh, Amiga Power and some magazines, some issues of the late ones just cost an absolute fortune now. Same with Superplay for the uh, SNES. But then um, I've been lucky, you know, because I've got a full set of them and kept them. That was the only part of my retro collection that I kept when I sold it off in the 05. But then I was getting things like Mean Machine Sega issues for a penny each back in 2013, 2014. Wow. You know, postage on top. But even so, when you're paying, what, £2.51 or whatever, and now some of them cost a lot more. So I've got, like, full sets of things I'm bothered about. Um, but I'm sure we'll touch upon that in a little bit. Um, and, yeah, that's that's really it in a nutshell. <laughs> you know, I'm sure I've missed out a load of stuff because I spent about 10 minutes talking about loot, but there you go. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting because I, um, you know, I sold a bike this morning through Gumtree, and Gumtree's so much different to that sort of classified ads because it's all messaging. And my favourite phrase, of course, is, hi, is this still available? Mm. Yes, but obviously we've hinted at magazines now, and I mentioned sort of at the start that I've got fond memories of buying magazines. Now, I was a Wanamiga guy, uh, and I think I seem to recall they sort of folded and they got merged into, like, CU Amiga at some point, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, I've got the last... Uh, well, it's not quite um, as cut and dry as that, basically. You used to have... Bear with me a minute, and I'll try not to sing you both asleep. Um, but just a very quick history of the one. Uh, basically, the one um, started, I think it was, it was either, it must be about 1988. You know, you had a hell of a great staff on it, you know, the likes mm. of Gary Penn and stuff. Um, and then you had, obviously, covering the 16-bit machines. So you had Amiga ST and a bit of PC. Um, and then after, I think it was 31, 32 issues, it split into the one Amiga and the one ST. The one ST didn't last for very long. Um, I think it only did possibly seven, maybe eight issues. It didn't really last that long at all. Yeah. I think uh, it went into ST Action, which then eventually got... Um, absorbed by another magazine but anyway with the, for one amiga it was obviously done by emap now that went on for quite some time um i think it was around 95 um i've got the last issue and um andy nuttall was the um editor then and we've had we had some really really good staff uh the one amiga and in this last issue we say right that's it we're, we're going into CU Amiga, you know, uh, the mm. Amiga scene is changing quite a bit. And they made reference to Maverick magazines buying the name, the One Amiga, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically, uh, Maverick were owned by um, Hugh Golner, who used to have like a, a magazine empire. Um, he did a lot of console magazines and things like that. If I went into all this now, the history of Maverick and everything like that, we would be here all night, honestly. Uh, so in a nutshell, um, the, the games pages in CU Amiga were previously known as The One. Uh, and then it was basically The One Amiga Maverick Edition, which lasted probably about 12 issues. No one knows the very final issue. Um, there's people on a Facebook magazine collectors group that I'm a member of and um, we found the thinnest issue is 16 pages um, of the one Amiga and it's basically just like about two reviews and it comes like with a full game on it I think it went up to about issue 80 something it went really really thin Um, and this guy thought he had the last issue then I stumbled across another later issue um, and you know, there's a, there's a few people out there who'll put scans up of them, but to get an actual, uh, print issue of a few of these last Maverick magazines is like gold dust. So Mark, who I mentioned before, who collects Sega mags, um, he's looking for a few of the final Maverick, um, issues of, uh, the likes of Mega covering Mega Drive and things. And again, they'd gone down to a pamphlet size as well. Um, so yeah, so the, the one Amiga did sort of just, um, with EMAP, it, it ended at quite a healthy period still, mid-90s, few yep. games still to come. Uh, but, you know, another year on, you lost uh, the Maverick version of the one Amiga. You lost Amiga Action, because I've got the last issue upstairs. And then by uh, 98, you'd lost CU Amiga. Yeah. Um, and then also, well, I think Amiga Internet, uh, Amiga Computing went about 97 off the top of my head, because that's what Amiga Action went into. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to send everyone to sleep here. Oh, I no, really, really great. am. We're just going, oh, God. Yeah, there's a quiz on this later. Um, <laughs> so I hope listeners are listening. Um, Bringing back some, no. uh, some semi-sad memories here, Paul, because uh, yeah, I, uh, last year I got hold of one of the last... Uh, I got hold of the last copy of Amiga format, which was uh, issue 136, I think it was. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, like you, I've been collecting the magazines, but I'm kind of stopping. I'm, I'm going to aim to stop uh, at the end of uh, 95, because I think for uh, for me, and uh, that's when they saw the ST in the Amiga period, and the you know, all those machines, the Spectrum. So I'm trying not to talk just about Amigas because I'm aware we hear about Pixel Addict as well. But it's when that um, it's when that 16-bit uh, revolution I think started to wind down, yeah. and the PlayStation generation took over and the PCs, mm. and you can see that in the magazine. So, for instance, in front of me I've got um, an ST format from August 1992, issue 37. I don't actually know how long the ST format lasted. But, uh, it ended in 96, 96. After, I think, 86 issues, something like that, 86, 87 issues. Oh, it did still hang on, so it's, it was just, oh, that, yeah, yeah. It it was hung just on. that thin. Oh, <laughs> it was. Um, it lost its spine. Um, I think it went down to about 84 pages. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it really, really hung on. I stopped buying it by late 93. Yeah, I stopped uh, buying Amiga format, I think, when I went to university, around about 1995. Mm. But the... Um, I remember again that last Amiga format. You know, I've not actually read it in full because I wanted it just to have a bit of a flick through. But mm. again, it's it's quite sad because I think it was two thousand, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. two thousand. It hung on till. But again, um, after about 
uh, after 1995, the Amiga entered the, you know, it got transferred around different buyers and so on. The ST, by that point, had just died completely, which oh, is yeah. a bit of a shame, actually. And then yeah. we ended up with uh, just all the magazines saying, yeah, long live the Amiga, it'll be fine, it's in safe hands. And then, of course, <laughs> but you know, of course, what's going to happen? It's really interesting because I, I do remember, so for the first, I think for the first maybe year and a half of high school, which for me was September 95, we were still on the Amiga, the Amiga 600. I mean, it became very, very clear that to be able to do homework properly and exchange files with the school computers yeah. had to move to PC. Yeah, and, um, be, yeah. And our first PC, you know, was, I think uh, Paul was saying, a Pentium 75. We got an an apricot Pentium seventy five from Dixon's, um, and it was this wonderful little machine, and it lasted just quite a while. You know, we all have this nostalgia for these magazines, and I, I think before we move on to sort of what we're really here to talk about, which is Pixel Addict, Andrew, you obviously were we pretty sure we were sharing some fond memories of the Christmas edition. So we we talk about you know the size of these magazines dwindling, but those Christmas editions were something else. Oh goodness, yes. Yes, yeah, so I was, um, obviously this is an audio podcast, but uh, if uh, anybody listening to this wants to jump on the internet and have a quick search for Amiga Format Issue 42, published in January 1993, I'm just holding it up for the guys now. Um, it was a typical Christmas issue in that it was actually uh, labelled January 1993, uh, right. but it was actually Christmas 1992. For some reason, Amiga Format always ran a month ahead. I never quite figured that out. But uh, as I was saying to James before we started recording this podcast, again, these magazines uh, can bring back powerful memories. So even though the ST format I have here is very thin, even though the ST Amiga format I have in front of me is very thin as well, just holding them and looking at them and flicking through and you can say, oh, I remember that advert, or you know, it was a special reserve, or there was, I remember a particular store i remember a particular advert from, uh, that was in uh, first computing i think it was that was based in leeds where i grew up yeah in um, army in army that's right yeah so yep. i remember going there <laughs> um when i was and the the advert for them would suggest uh they it wasn't just amiga it's st and uh, pc and it by the um it had incredible adverts crammed i mean some of the adverts you look at in the old magazines now, I mean, I have to admit, with my 45-year-old eyes, it is actually quite hard to read oh, some yes. of the text. And I have had to, <laughs> I am ashamed to admit, I have had to get my phone out a couple of times just to magnify it so I can actually read the text. But again, I remember going into First uh, first Computer, uh, so I can't remember the exact name, and um, looking around and thinking, this is where all this stuff that is listed in the magazine is and it wasn't quite it, it was very much of its time again it was mm. like beige walls and a beige carpet goodness knows all the accelerators and things that they were promised uh, uh, the impression these adverts and all these magazines gave, gave is that they all had sts amiga spectrums hardware accelerators graphics card piled up to the roof uh, the reality was probably that a handful in the storeroom of each if that's but uh, I remember going in there and looking at the monitors I couldn't afford. I, I, but again, um, going back to the magazine, which is where we started, um, again, just to take, for example, the Amiga magazine, um, is that I'm holding it now. It's incredibly thick. I think this one's about two, 300 pages. Mm. And I can still remember going down to my local post office um, 
buying this uh, just before Christmas, whenever it came out, and feeling the heft, the weight of the thing. If you look at it there, you, know, you can see the thickness yeah. of it. Uh, it's a good heft, and you can just close your eyes and hold it and get taken back to 1992 in this case. Um, and uh, think, yeah, goodness. And again, even magazines can invoke very, very powerful memories. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. It's funny when you mention uh, the game shops and computer shops because um, over in Bolton, we had two shops next to each other. You had Computer World, which was obviously more of your um, actual serious uh, Amiga, you know, your mouse, your ST. You still had yeah. a couple of the 8-bit computers. So I'm going back to, I'd probably say about, again, 91, 92. Mm. And next door to it, you had... I think it was just called Computer Center or something like that. But then they did a lot more of the um, console side. Right. They still did computers as well. But the more you got into the 90s, the footage just changed so much. So the Spectrum and Commodore stuff then chucked right at the back, you know, yep. in a grotty little corner. Um, but obviously, because they did import games as well, um, they had like again up to the rafters with with different games because obviously they just covered every single format. Um, and you know, it, it's quite good to see that. The last time I experienced that was um, it closed down in two thousand and five. It was a shop just just out of Bolton Town Centre called Button Basher, and name. I remember going there in about nineteen ninety three buying a couple of SNES games because on the way home you could just jump off a bus go in there and then jump back on bus and get back home but anyway this button basher it, it closed it was closing down and they still had so much old stock so as said before in 2005 the retro boom hadn't really happened yet it was starting to pick up a little bit but you know not not nothing major at all so you went in and you'd be like oh have all these games you got well i've got still some big box amiga in the back you know that i've been in storage for the last decade uh, i've got a load of super nintendo that you know uh they've just been again packed away for ages because the only things he had on the shelf were things like playstation uh, a bit of like dreamcast still and a bit of PC. So I was like, well, what Super Nintendo have you got? And, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to be closing down soon. So, you know, you can have this one for 20 quid. You can have this for 25. And again, you know, we're talking things like Castlevania Vampire's Kiss at the time. Like, you know, I paid £35 for and then sold it a year on for about 75 in 06. But now you're looking at about £300, if if not maybe a bit more, you know, for a boxed copy. Um, so it's sort of like... That. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But it's that sort of memory, and I, I don't think you really get that anymore because obviously the shops have changed. I remember again when you mentioned the beige carpet and the boring plain walls. Yeah. There was one place called um, Software Superstore again in Bolton, but we had a small chain in the northwest and uh, Games X magazine that I used to buy. Um, again, weekly games bag, one of my favourites. Um, they used to do like go around the shops, um, so game, whatever. Um, and then they went to Software Superstore quite a bit. And again, I don't know what it was. If it just dealt with computer games, not console games, it was totally different. Mm. The feel of it, it was we're a lot more grown up. You want to entertain yourself with software? Well, go on, but make sure you pick these up carefully and then place them back carefully on the shelf. Yep. Because back then as well, um, 
even with things like game. All your managers and shop staff used to be in trousers, shirt and tie, uh, which sounds insane now, you know, yeah. uh, because obviously retail's changed a lot. But it was always a case of, you know, these people, these are salesmen. They will serve mm. you. They know what they're on about. And yes, sir, how can I help you, sir? You know, and it's definitely changed quite a lot because, again, like we said before, how many people used to go to Boots for games? You know, um, that gets touched on quite a bit. You know, it's, um, it's again, a totally different time. You know, Boots, WH Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could it buy just... games in Boots the Chemist, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Because it's not just a games department, it's the computing. It was always the computing department. You know, it was seen to be made um, a lot more prestige, mm. you know. Uh, and I'm glad that I've experienced that, you know. I mean, it was changing a little bit. You know, I would... Um, I work at HMV. I've seen some pictures of um, HMV from the eighties with Commodore sixty four games yeah. on the wall, and I'm just going, "That's brilliant!" Because I remember obviously the uh, console games, you know, going into Manchester and stuff to a massive HMV and stuff like that. But I don't remember the eight bit ones because the eight bit games for me, um, if mates were buying them, it was always a local market over in West Arton where people would be going, "Right, I'll get a one ninety nine game today." Because even if it's not that good, it's still a game. It's a couple of pounds, yeah. and you play it, and you know what? It keep you busy for that weekend, and that was the main thing. Because then you'd be back in school on Monday. You know, it's again just totally, totally different time. Oh, gosh, you know, I remember going into Microbyte, which uh, oh yes, County Arcade in Leeds. Uh, sadly, it is no longer there. Although I did recently find a photo of it, and I remember very clearly in that shop. Um, going upstairs to the 16-bit department and again it was uh, going back to the decor it was brown carpet uh, beige walls in fact uh, Neil of RMC I'm shouting out quite a lot today has uh, produced quite a good recreation in his shop so head off to his channel if you want to find that Absolutely. but again I remember going I went I remember going there to buy License to Kill the James Bond uh, adaptation oh yes for my uh, Atari ST at the time because I being an Atari ST only you had to actually buy a lot of games because a lot of your mates didn't have Atari ST discs um, but I don't know what happened to that collection either it's, uh, I remember leaving home and it was still under my bed and uh, coming back a few years later and thinking I wonder if it's still there and it wasn't so heaven only knows what uh, my mum did with it so mum if you're listening to this would you mind telling me what you did with all this <laughs> where are my discs uh, yeah because yeah, I could have made a fortune off those uh, selling them now. but never mind um, just to issue a quick correction as well, it was the first computer centre in Leeds. I've just dug out on that. That's for one. Yep, so first. In case, and in case any of the chaps are listening, please do get in touch with us. We would love to hear from some of the old advertisers. Oh, there's some yes. great, some yeah. great. And, you know, I remember drooling over like the special reserve ads and thinking, yes. oh, I want a hard drive. And then looking, hang on a second, that costs more than the actual Amiga itself. And it's amazing. But, you know, we're looking now at where we are. But games retail and games journalism has changed so much. You know, most of it, let's be honest, most people will buy their games through Steam, through Xbox, uh, the Xbox Store, through uh, Nintendo's e uh, eShop. And physical retail doesn't seem to... It's not as exciting anymore. I went into game the other day, and honestly, I just felt bored. Yeah, um, I totally get that as well because when it comes down to it, uh, game have obviously 
I'm not going to start bashing gay no. because I've got friends that work there, but they, they've changed quite a lot as well because obviously a lot of the high street stores have been absorbed into Sports Direct. Yeah. So it's quite hard to, and this is only my opinion, um, <laughs> but um, but it's quite hard to then go, oh, right, games inside Sports Direct. So first of all, I've got to go past a wall of trainers and then go up, say, an escalator or whatever, go through a load of jeans, jumpers, yep. football tops, and then, like, some sort of gaming Narnia. Is in um, the back I corner, find about, yeah. Yeah. I th- you know, like, some sort of grotty little secret. You know, it's a case of, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a half a shelf of uh, games. You know, like, uh, it, it's... <laughs> It's changed a lot. It really has. But then, well, it's like, all going you know, digital I mean, now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, so, yeah. I mean, but 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 that isn't good enough. No, no it isn't. No. I understand. It's fine for it to be digital. Say if the price was quite a lot different, mm, but it's not, it's not at, at, all. at all. Now the good thing is there's lots of good digital sales. Yep. You know, you can go on, you can get yourself some bargains. You mentioned the um, eShop, and before coming on today, I was having a look at a couple of things. So things like uh, Pan's Dragoon remake, mm. a couple of quid. And you go, couple of quid. It's cost me more than that for a pasty today. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and. I'm going to probably get more enjoyment from the game than a pasta, as long as I choose correctly. Anyway, um, sorry, it's a most weird conversation. Basically, the, the point <laughs> is, you know, you've not got all those same game shops anymore. You've not got your little video off licenses no. that rent out games and then sell on the X-Rental yes. games. Yes. You've not got the, you know, you've obviously not got your Blockbuster, you've not got your Global Video anymore. You've obviously not got H&B doing games anymore because it got to the stage, um, I'd probably say, probably about it was around 2010 when you have the supermarket wars and I've talked about this on Maximum Power Up but back then you had uh, supermarkets putting out new releases, new uh, Call of Duty or whatever get this for 20 quid if you spend £15 on shopping so then so you go shopping with mum and dad they spend 15 quid on the family shop you yeah. get Call of Duty for twenty quid, and you're yeah. a happy little, happy little chappy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, obviously, retailers such as at the time H and B and also Game, they don't have that. No, you know, luxury. So you know, it, that was like one of the big differences. You know, I'm going back about a decade now, though. But yeah, it's just the, the choice just isn't there. You know, it, it's it's just it's gone. You can't go in and, and hold something. It's like um, there's no visit that. that some of the nice memories for me are the physicality. Mm. So oh, yeah. we've got we've got our games, you know, these days if you want to rent a movie, for example, you just go off to Google Play or Amazon or whatever it's at Apple mm. and you just click rent. Yeah. You don't. Whereas you it's don't not have as the ex- good. No, you don't have the experience of going to Blockbuster. That Blockbuster smell, whatever it was for you. <laughs> um, mm. and going mm. in and choosing your popcorn and your crappy hot dog and yeah. uh you know, going off and finding a video, and again, it's it's the physicality, and we're moving away from that now. And you know, game will hang on for as long as it can, but with Microsoft Game Pass and the PlayStation equivalent, yeah. I think, is being launched this year. Uh, yeah. The physical sales will eventually go, and I don't like that. I like to have the physical thing on my shelf. I've got it on old PlayStation 3, and I like to uh, put a disc in the machine. It's part of the ceremony, and you're looking through to find it. And uh, I don't know, it's hard to put a finger on it, but it, it's oh, it, moving yeah. away from physical media. You've got Spotify, you've got uh, Netflix, you've got Amazon Prime, you've got Disney Plus. Disney Plus. 
Yeah, and all these subscription services and Blu-ray, it will be the last physical media that we have as well. And I think that's a shame. It's even gotten to a point now when probably when, you know, we're a similar sort of generation. I'm sure we all remember the the richer families having the Sky dishes put up. Yes. Getting Sky. Well, these days with Sky Glass, you don't even need a dish. It's all streaming. And it's an incredible thing. And that brings us on to, uh, much delayed, that brings us on to Pixel Addict because yes. Pixel Addict is an actual magazine that you can go and buy. In, now, first of all, let's talk about how how did Pixel Addict get started because it seems to me that we're transitioning away from physicality, but you guys are bringing that back with an actual print magazine. How did it all begin? So the Pixel Addict came out of uh, Amiga Addict. So we started off Amiga Addict 13 issues ago now. So I think... Uh, goodness January last year I think it was January 2021 has it been that long Um, and we started I I was invited to be a a, well I kind of muscled my way as a regular writer (laughs) started posting things and uh, yeah an Amiga magazine Uh, I'm going to start writing for that and start muscling him Um, and then as part of that I was very pleased and uh, surprised Uh, so Amiga sorry Amiga did actually sell quite well um, we got. So I think we're up to. I think we worked at last August like nine hundred to a thousand subscribers uh, within eight months. It was incredible. But anyway, Pixel Addict. Um, it was uh, the Jonah Naylor, who is the main owner of who is the owner, sorry, of Simulant Systems, who published these magazines. Got in touch with me around about August last year and said, "Well, we're setting up a new non-Amiga version called Pixel Addict. Would you like to be on the editorial team?" Um, and I was absolutely chuffed to bits to be at it because you know, being on the editorial team uh, of, uh, of a retro computer magazine, uh, Amiga Addict uh, was funded out of a crowdfunder, and again, I'll, I'll let Paul fill in the gaps there. But Pixel Addict was just started, just gone on sale. It was, uh, I think we got we got quite a few subscribers very very quickly on it. So. It just started to go on sale. We started writing for it, and uh, the initial plan was for it to be a monthly publication. But uh, time, and we're all doing this in our spare time, of course, evenings and weekends. So the deadlines kind of stretched. It became more about every six to seven weeks, really, and that's how it got started. And we decided that Pixel Addict would be uh, maybe to forestall the question: is what, what what does it be about? And it's Actually, as the lifestyle backup for classic computer users. So it's a retro feel and retro computers. But uh, interestingly, we've had some uh, recent articles uh, that are not about retro computers. Um, in the latest issue, we've got a Transformers toy, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, and people can start writing about their old memories. So uh, the later issue three has very much a music feel. Uh, about uh, one of our writers who actually was in in the music business back in the 90s and memories about his and it's loosely linked to the Atari ST but it's mainly talks about his life in in music back then and uh, how computers got involved with that so again it's kind of anything and everything retro within reason so for example if I were to say if someone was say had very fond memories of say Scalectrics which was a huge part of childhood in the 80s and 90s that fits in with that whole retro uh, because we're not as you said we're not just talking retro computing we're talking retro lifestyle so you know things like scale electrics um for the nerdier kids maybe a bit of hornby you know because i i oh i 
So, uh, if anybody would like to write in and tell us their experience and take some, I, I love model railways. The, not because I want to own a model railway, but because I love the detail and the intricacy yes. and the care that people put into the models and the fact that it literally is a little miniature world. I find it fascinating. There's some amazing very, very creators out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, at Christmas last year, we actually dug out, it's still in my parents' garage, we dug out my old model railway. Now, this was not a, a detailed thing. This was something I had when I was a kid, and we had an intercity 125 thing. It wasn't a big thing, and then we had some diesel, well, yeah. diesel ones. And it was just fun, and we actually ended up having it set up in the lounge uh, on the coffee table, put you know a thing on, and we turned it into a chocolate delivery system between me and my parents for for christmas it was really just like put a chocolate into the into the car you know into the yeah i'm just admitting how fair enough and do you know the saddest thing but what i was going to say the link is is that what you've got is all these people these fond memories and then we've got amazing technology now but for example i was generally looking into how to use a raspberry pi to control an old train set and it's that blend of mo- for me, it's that blend of modern and retro, which makes things so exciting. But so Pixel Addict obviously has a lot of retro gaming, but it's great to see more more of those memories as well. Would it be f- so Pixel Addict? Obviously, is it mostly a UK production? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I've only just started getting more involved with um, Pixel Addict and um, joined um, as um, well editor editor now yeah because uh, Joan has obviously uh, gone a bit more behind the scenes because uh, it's it's hard work you oh, know yeah. Andrew will, uh, Andrew sees all that as well you know obviously Joan has got his own business and also uh, making sure both magazines are um, running smoothly you know and everything like that so uh, basically uh, I've came well came in this month recording in may basically um i want to hear uh, um pitches from people who are obviously going to be passionate about what they want to write about you know it's like we had uh, this one guy he just collects rare computers um it's like well how do you mean rare computers he goes oh you know things that people don't know about i was like okay so having this back and forth he goes for example have you ever heard of like metal aquarius i'm like Nope. He goes, well, that's my favourite machine. You know, you're not going to see the Spectrum. You're not going to see VIC-20, Commodore 64 or anything in my collection. I'm just going to uh, focus on these rare machines. I was like, well, you know, uh, I like the idea of this. So giving him a page to obviously talk about his collection a little bit. And if that goes down well, you know, he's then got a, a, a you know semi-regular uh, column almost type thing talking about uh, these rare computers and why he likes them because that's what it comes down to mm. it's a passion I want him to tell me why the Aquarius is his favourite machine I don't know anything about it but I want him to talk about that like I talk about the SNES so you know people start me off on the SNES I'm like blah 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 for absolutely ages and don't shut up and I want him to go oh my god the Metallic Aquarius it's absolutely brilliant and I remember getting this for it I remember getting that for it you know it's about the stories because once you're passionate and you've got that coming over and you're telling these stories and you're learning stuff so those are three things that I'm looking for um, sorry it sounds like I'm sort of, sort of a horrible judge on a reality show but it is passion knowledge and teach me something you know as a reader when you go mm. oh that sounds interesting like I was just reading in the latest um, 
retro gamer about uh, Bubble Symphony, uh, which is like a, a Bubble Bobble 2 type game. And I've never played it. And honestly, I've read six pages of that earlier and was like, this sounds really good mm. because he's passionate about it and I've learned something new, you know. So that that's basically what we're hoping for. So like what Andrew was saying, you will get things like the odd uh, bit on toys, so like Transformers and things. Uh, again, the music tie-in as well. Um, you will get some um, of the... I still class it as like the nerdy computing side. Um, <laughs> but I hope... It's not just a case of looking at, you know, an instruction manual of what's, you know, inside a yeah. machine. I want to have, again, that passion. I want people to be entertained, you know, and, and tell me why, why I need to see this piece of uh, hardware, you know. And then um, we've obviously still got a few game pages as well because we cover all systems um going going forward with the next issue um there's like a really good homebrew scene and indie releases coming out you know for things like mega drive Commodore 64 everything you know like the game boy so i brought in um mark jowett to obviously cover some of these because uh, like i've said to you know andrew and the guys we want to have that decent mixture of uh, your computing stuff with your computing history and then obviously going on to a bit of gaming stuff uh, but also the lifestyle thing so I've got some ideas to tie um, films into the computing side a little bit as well uh, because I think that's just it you know Um, we're not just all into just computing you know I'm into my films quite a bit I'm into music a bit so for example like I've had when I've done Maximum Power Up chats with uh, one guy, um, Jeff Glendening, and he worked for um, Sony doing PR for like you know PlayStation in clubs. So that's something that I want to cover because yeah. I can go more in depth on the music into the fashion of the club scene because it's also linked into the gaming scene, and you know that's just like one example. And I think that's just it because at the end of the day. You know, like I'm 42, you know, and you think, well, what else was going on? It's mm. not just games, games, games. Of some some years it was. I still remember first time discovering Dungeon Master on the ST and playing that to death. But it's a chance for people to write something interesting that they're passionate about and, you know, write to us. You know, our email is even write to us, God. <laughs> I'm going to expect a lot of letters from the door. Articles on the stamped address envelope. Yeah, I know, to... there you go. Yeah. Uh, email's yeah. getting a bit dated now. I know, I know. Yeah. That's just it. I'll send you something on Discord or whatever and then obviously we can discuss it, you know. Because uh, what you don't want is you don't go, oh, I don't want anyone to go, oh, Paul, I've wrote 10 pages on... Uh, I don't know the history of dat tapes or something like that. Just for example, I'm like, mm. no, no, no. It, it, it's it's too much. Because we're after the personal side. Exactly. It's uh, as we've mentioned before, the the memories is what we're trying to evoke. Yeah. And uh, we've had we have had feedback from uh, readers saying it's nice to hear about new things that are happening. Uh, we do report on those as well in our news mm. section uh, because there are new things. For instance, I've yeah. just. Uh, discovered that there's a possibly a remake of Simon the Sorcerer coming out so it was on the as long as they keep Chris Barry as the voice exactly I'm okay yes. with that I'm okay with that <laughs> so Chris if you're listening please do it yeah. um, or, but again you know, uh, just don't be smeg head Chris come on you know 
just do it. <laughs> no, there's a phrase. Uh, but the, it's uh, very interesting that uh, what I try to do with my articles is I do a bit of factual, but I do try and put a little bit of a personal element in there as well. Because at the end of the day, you want people to read the article and think, I did that too, or I yeah. remember that. But also to get excited about new things. So, for instance, I'm writing a feature on the moment. Uh, so in the next issue of Amiga Addict, I've done a feature on brand new accelerators that have come out for the mm. Amiga. So that these are new things for all computers. But then yeah. there's also some old memories in there as well. So yeah, which it's, it's striking, striking a tricky balance on both magazines. I think it's we're trying to strike a balance between just reporting on the history and uh, you know such and such did this back in 1993 or whatever. I just say, and obviously there is a bit of the history in there as well. But people want to hear about what's happening with the retro gaming scene now, um, yeah. and read about what they can do. So I've got Sega Saturn, which I uh, neglected to mention earlier, but you can get a an SD card adapter now for that, which you can put in in place of the CD drive, and an SD card in it, and uh, have your entire games collection on one SD card. And it's little things like that, the, the modern things you can do with your old hardware. So my my Spectrum Plus Three, for example, has a GoTech drive in it because you know getting hold of three-inch discs is hard enough. Getting oh, hold of three-inch disc games is even harder. Yes. So I've got a GoTech drive in there. There's GoTech drives in most of my Amigas. But again, so we we try and keep a balance. In this is a new thing for your retro hardware, a new something you can buy, or a new story, or a new game, because people are writing new games still for these old systems. It's oh, absolutely yeah. fantastic. But also, it is important to have a bit of the history in there, but we're not trying to be a history publication. There's plenty of those out there. You've got a whole internet telling you about those. Absolutely. Um, and we want to try and make it just... It has to be a little bit different, and uh, that's why we have such a mix of things in there. And I think that's important, to get people's feelings in there, make it a bit more personal. And it makes it more fun for us to write as well, because we're bringing articles in... Um, and we have been these unpublished and we get letters saying goodness me I remember this or thank you for telling me about that and that's the idea behind this magazine it is a lifestyle to me you can just you know, plonk, plonk yourself down in an armchair in the lounge and flick through and say what is going on now and find out and we do have some adverts in there so if you're a fan of the adverts in the old days the new adverts aren't quite the same sadly there's no pictures <laughs> of uh, Amigas or Ataris or Spectrums lined up for sale sadly uh, but there are, um, we do have advertisers from various uh, different, uh, all over the world in fact, who sell mm. componentry, um, which they will send anyway. So you can buy GoTech drives, you can buy new chips for inside your uh, your computer to repair it. Um, there, oh gosh, there's, there's too many to mention, but yeah, yeah. The, 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 the retro scene, I think, as, as mentioned earlier by Paul, it is alive and well. Yeah, um, just in regards to, and, um, with uh, Amiga Addict, the one thing which, when I spoke to Jonah, when he brought me on board, like I did my first piece for issue two and then joined for issue three, and I said straight away, I went, I like this, it reminds me of Amiga format, because like Andrew's just mentioned, is doing a main feature this time on accelerators. Now, that might not be everyone's cup of tea, but the thing is, it's a type of thing which is a very important part of the Amiga and it just shows yeah. as well that the scene is still alive and it, it's quite funny because before when Andrew mentioned like he'd stopped buying the Amiga mags back in 95 and you know, I was the same, but when I look through those 96, 97 issues, back when the Amiga was 
trailing off, you know, when the PC was taking off. Um, I feel like we're back at that stage where you still have got um, a handful of new releases. There's people beavering away on uh, updated versions of games now with yeah. things like the Scorpion engine and stuff. So people are going, right, I'm redoing Final Fight. This original version was awful. We know how to make it better now. So this is absolutely fantastic to see. You know, um, new games coming out again, new hardware coming out, new ways to play, new ways to get things out of your machine. Um, and again, that's the type of thing we want to cover. Again, I'm sorry if anyone's playing Paul Monaghan Bingo, but it is all about the past, present, and future <laughs> of um, of basically Amiga, and I use that as well for the Sega Mag that I write for. Um, Sega powered cheap plug. I apologise there, but it comes plug down away, to plug away. Plug away. Well, the here thing for. is, you have to right to make a magazine work. You need the past because obviously, so I sound like the drunk in the pub, but you need the past because you obviously want to reminisce and you want to go, do you know what? I remember that. We've talked about that a lot today. You also need the present. The present is obviously reporting on what is out, that issue, that month and things like that. But you also need the future. Without the future, you've not got a magazine, at least not very long term, because then you're just basically recycling the same stuff. So, for example, with the Amiga, and again, things like on the Sega side with the uh, Dreamcast, and like I say, for Pixel Addict, um, by asking Mark uh, to say, oh, do you fancy doing a homebrew section? And he's gone, yeah, okay. Uh, and he's come back to me within, what, a day? I think he came back with about six or seven games going, right, so I've got this and this and this and this and this. And I've gone, Brilliant. okay, you've only got a few pages, but that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And all these scenes are healthy because you've got people who are like roughly our ages they've grown up with these machines they've been interested in the hardware for years they want to know how things work we've also got different machines um, even back in the day when these machines were present ones you saw it all the time where the hardware's pushed you know when it's the end of days more or less for them when you go my god they've really 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 scores the last bit of graphics out of this and now you look at it and go right well is there a different way we can do things mm. and this is what we're now covering and it's really exciting honestly uh, what a year ago you know I was like going I can't believe the Amiga scene is this popular you know and then you've just got these people who are willing to talk to you you know like I've interviewed loads of people from uh, Amiga magazines and stuff we've got someone like um, Andy Smith in the last one so he's talking about Ace he's talking about um, uh, Amiga format you know he's sharing his memories he's talking about working on Z-Wolf on the Amiga so you know um, the years are ticking over all the time you know we're all getting older and things and what I want to do is you want something you can hold we've talked about this before when we talk about physical media a magazine you go into the shops you've seen it in the shops actually buying off the shelf I mean I'll I'll be honest um, you know we we get a copy sent to us anyway but I still went to the shop and bought myself one because I wanted to be that sad but also proud of seeing it beep at the till and then seeing it was seeing uh, Amiga Addict and I wasn't quick enough on my phone to take a picture of the thing flash up but when I started yeah 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 yeah. but then when I started talking to the um, person serving me he just basically just stared at me it's like what you want about you sad man I'm like going I write for this look there's a picture of me I did did the same with Pixel Addicts as well yes I first went into WH Smith and picked it up and I 
I asked him, <laughs> it has to be done. I asked the guy on the till, uh, you know, do you sell many of these? He's like, I don't know, mate. Yeah, but if they don't care anymore, do they? They're not, uh, they're not no. passionate anymore. No. I, I knew, I knew full well he hadn't because I knew how many had gone in. Uh, but it was, it was nice to go in a, a few weeks later and then um, see that Pixlat had sold out completely. I mean, yeah. it hadn't quite awesome. sold out, but uh, yeah, they'd sold all the Pixel addicts. And interestingly. Um, even though obviously I keep going on about the Amiga and being part of the Amiga community, it does seem actually that Pixel Addict and our aim of Pixel Addict to get to a wider audience, it is working. We're getting mm. a lot of people very interested because we're not just focusing on one computer that some yeah. people might not have had. And I'd like to use Pixel Addict to explore some of the computers that I didn't own. So, for example, uh, my mate Andrew, uh, again, Andrew, if you're listening to this, hello, and um, had, he went for the Amiga to the Nintendo's um, SNES, the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Mm. And ever since then, I've had an irrational dislike of the Super Nintendo. One, because the prices of the cartridges oh. are ridiculous. I know, yes. and I'm talking to the wrong people here. <laughs> but also because... I saw him move away. He took. He went to a console from the you know my childhood. I mean, how could he do that? Quick, and quick, I'm, mute his mic. Mute his mic, quick. Yeah, no, he's, he's gone. He's and, gone. Uh, <laughs> but again, so what I'd like to do is uh, I know it's completely irrational now, obviously. But um, and of course, the uh, SNES did have rather better versions of certain games, like such yeah. as Street Fighter Two. So anyway, going back to the console, I'm, what I am planning to do a little bit of a heads up is that I'm going to borrow a friend's Super Nintendo. And I'm going to see if I can learn to love it, because you've you, you've got a good few it. pages for that straight away. There you go. Now yeah. you're talking my language. There you go. I'm not I'm not bothered about the Tandy whatever at the moment. But you've just gone <laughs> Super Nintendo Pal. Going how many pages do you need? Sixty. Fantastic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know? And it's and it is exploring those old systems. It's one of the things that I love about the community that we you know. So Crosswires is not explicitly a, you know we are not an exclusively re- retro show. But mm. you'll notice my passion for retro comes across, and the guests that we get on. Before we talk a little bit more, uh, both uh, Paul and Andrew have hinted about these two magazines being available in good old WH Smith. Now, my understanding, uh, gents, is that you know with a magazine like this, where it's maybe a bit more niche and is put together sort of not by a major publisher, not by the likes of Future or other. I think the Future even still exists these days. Yes, of course. Yes, yeah, sorry. they do. They, they publish, sorry, just uh, shouting you down there. Yeah. Yes, of course they do. Of course they do. They publish Retro Gamer, I think. Don't they? Ah, okay. Yeah, because yeah, I know someone who actually worked for them. I think they unfortunately got laid off, but they did They did work for Future. Um, yeah. But obviously they've got all that uh, buying power into distribution, you know, into the channel. But for something like Pixel Addict and Amiga Addict, uh, I'm going to make an assumption, please do correct me wrong, you would sort of gauge interest. As you said, I think Amiga Addict started off as like a as crowdfunded and then because there are costs involved you have to pay the printers um printing is not cheap and it's not cheap at smaller runs from uh, you know i m- my father's worked in admittedly the newspaper print industry but i know there are some wonderful little idiosyncrasies of a print industry but how on earth did with all respect two fairly small magazines like pixel addict immediate addict end up in W.H. Smith. I mean, how did that happen? So, I still remember this um, conversation. Well, there was a couple of conversations with Jonah. Like myself and Jonah, we started talking because we've still got the the passion for um, print. Mm. Um, So, 
and my passion for magazines and uh, computing and consoles and stuff sort of came over in the podcast. That's how he reached out to me to say, would you be interested in writing something? And when I was a kid, a teenager, I really wanted to get into writing for games magazines. However, being extremely lazy when it comes to uh, education, um, I was just not focused, even doing a BTEC in media studies. One thing that I did learn in that course was having to uh, edit audio uh, with a razor blade and actual uh, tape uh, and then, you know, uh, edit together with um, sellotape and things so that's going back to 96 97 so you know i learned that old school way of i'll send you a reel i'll send you a reel to reel of his episode you can put it out for me yeah there you go i know cheers james i'll uh, happily edit this you know (laughs) Uh, who needs digital eh? um so yeah so basically what happened was um he goes you know what paul one day i want us to obviously grow an audience and i want to get into the shops i was like well obviously it's about growing an audience um first of all and you know you've got to see how the scene is growing as well again the past present and future coming into play and um as the months ticked over and uh you start getting more guests and people who are happy to talk about uh their past experiences on the amiga you know like on issue uh three of amiga addict you had um dj aphrodite we did um a look ravi did an amazing job on this uh interviewing a load of uh, dance djs who used mm. amigas back in the day and still use them today because again uh andrew will probably agree in uh being an ex-st owner you always went the st is the best for music because it's got the midi port and obviously that was a big selling point mm. and again the 1040 sts at school and yada 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 and again cubase sport then when you start seeing um and you're looking back at the likes of cu and format seeing optimed and everything like that you go tell you what it's it's quite good you know for music and everything um and just a quick side note the big realization for me was um i was doing a uh, interview with barry leach uh the musician and i was listening to some supercars 2 music and i listened to the st version of supercars 2 and then i listened to the amiga version of supercars 2 and then i just went oh god and that was it that was when i just went i'm sorry vst isn't as good for sound for game music at least so um back to the magazine um in a nutshell so he goes i want to get us into the shops so it's like, okay well we've obviously you know readers are going up you know some issues sometimes you know perform a little bit better than others that's yeah. where you're going to make sure you've actually got something people want to read and this is what i want to make sure we focus on with a uh, pixel addict as well and yeah it just comes down to um well how we're getting to h smiths so obviously made some inquiries and everything like that i didn't get too into this side because they was like going just just ask you know ask there's obviously cost involved and things Mm. like that and obviously the risk is there but not everyone uses social media not everyone goes on twitter despite me using it all the time and facebook (laughs) and things and that surprises me because i go everyone's on social media nowadays nope because you still get people going what's pixel addict what's amiga addict Mm. you know a year on for amiga addict more than um so he made some inquiries and he goes I remember I was in the pub one night and he sent me a message and I was just there doing some writing. This was midweek, nice and quiet, had me old magazines out on the pub table, you know, and uh, it's again nice and relaxed, got my notebook out and everything because I'm dead old school with that. And uh, you sometimes get looked at, but I quite like it when people go, oh, what are you reading? I'm reading a Mega magazine from 1993. <laughs> Ooh, get me. So yeah, so he goes, well, look, how often can we do it? I said, well, yeah. 
I think every eight weeks is too long because it's mm. almost two months. Every month is not going to happen because, like Andrew said, it's done in spare time, uh, weekends and things like that. A lot of us have got families and different, um, you know, responsibilities. So I went, let's try for every six weeks. It gives us roughly 10 issues a year. Um, and then roughly people shouldn't forget us, you know, well, nine issues a year, isn't it? My bad maths are. And, you know, I was like, well, let's let's try it. Let's try it. And then he says, right, I've made some inquiries. This is only about four days after this initial conversation. I went, okay. He goes, yeah, yeah, uh, I can get us booked in. Uh, let's tell the team. So he went, great news, guys. We're going to uh, DeWitt Smith's. And we just launched Pixel Addict as well because he wanted to cover more than just Amiga. Yes. Yeah. You know, so obviously Sister Magazine and obviously part of the Addict family and everything like that. And you, you see it all the time. I mean, look, you know, obviously we know future publishing, but, you know, they started off with a couple of magazines, mm. you know, and it's changed a lot. There's not that many publishers out there. Like you say, a lot of things are self-published. But luckily, there are a lot of different printers out there. But as you say, print costs have gone up quite a lot last year. I'm not going to get on my soapbox and moan about this, that and the other. But the costs have gone up, you know, paper, print, everything. Yep, but absolutely. you've got to make sure then you make this count. You want 60 pages of a good quality magazine, right, full as much as you can because obviously you need some advertising space because yep. obviously you need, well, some money coming in as well. But, you know, you obviously want as people want to see and everything. Yep. And like Andrew says, these give you a chance to obviously order parts for your computers that you're using and everything like that. You know, it's it's a big part of the magazine. But no, it's absolutely fantastic. And obviously it's in there. We've had two issues of each now on um, on, on the high street. Uh, it is meant to be like available to order from uh, different news agencies. It's mainly just in Dwight Smiths at the moment, right. but other... Um, it's in over 300 news agencies around the country. Um, taking a little bit longer to roll out, but it is going to be in like Ireland, over in America, at Barnes and Noble, and a very few select stores over in Australia. So, because of how the world is at the moment, Mm -hmm. things are taking a little bit longer. You know, um, I still can't get me around postage sometimes, but you know, it's, it's there and I think it's a nice, um, nice experience to go in and, uh, you know, uh, pick up a magazine. And now we've obviously got things like virtual cover discs on the Amiga side as well, uh, which is a nice touch. And again, uh, if you subscribe, um, because they'll get lost in the uh, shop otherwise, if you subscribe, you uh, started doing disc labels as well, because then you can download the ADF file, put it onto a three-and-a-half-inch floppy. Brilliant. You know, one of our readers has done a really lovely job with this. And you look at it and you go, wow. You know, this is like proper like the day. Because on issue one, it was just like a space where a floppy disk would be. And the joke was, don't copy that floppy type thing. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. if your disk is missing, are you newsy? Where is it? Where's, yeah, you know. speak to your news agent. Where's and then my, we yeah. did it. We did it, you know. Oh. And this is it. It's about pushing boundaries and bringing back that nostalgia. And the cover disk is a massive, massive, massive thing, yeah. you know. Well, also, I mean, there's the print, yeah. the print side of it as well, because oh, yeah. I, have, I have to admit that, um, again, I just found out, uh, I, I remember talking to Jonah last year about, wouldn't it be amazing if one day we ended up in the newsagents and you could buy an Amiga magazine as it was back then, mm. um, before Pixladdick came on, wouldn't it be amazing if you could buy an Amiga magazine in the shops once again? And then 
and we got pixel addicts and then Jonah made it happen but again what's yeah. interesting in, in this digital world where you can we, we offer digital subscriptions to both magazines as well is that so many people they're going for the print it's yeah. more expensive and you know they could just order it and read it on their screen but interestingly uh, apart from a handful of overseas readers who just don't want to wait for ages for their magazines to arrive because of the global postal system and obviously the after effects of the pandemic and that's all fair enough yeah um, but we are finding that the vast majority of readers are wanting the physical versions because yeah. they want they want the print they they want to pick up this magazine and uh, i've said in the case of my my case i tend to stick my nose in the pages as well have a good smell smell <laughs> that new ink and that new paper but you know it, it is. It's having that physical experience. It's bringing that nostalgia back, but also to have. You know, I'm holding something physical. I can yes. read it. I can uh, just you know have it on the coffee table, whatever, and just again go back to the memories of holding the magazine and reading it, and or buying it in the newsagent and scurrying home to sit and read it at home, cover to cover, whatever. But yeah. you, you, you've. Get, got something to show your family as well. You yeah. can, everyone can show something on the phone, be it, you know, uh, end of a day, you're just reading a screen, you know, be it Facebook, Twitter, you know, showing them a page on Pixel Addict or Amigo Addict. But when it's an actual magazine, it makes people go, oh, a magazine. An actual, You know, yeah. because the, the games magazines, obviously, are nowhere near the 90s heyday, not even near the uh, early noughties heyday. But they are making a bit of a comeback. You know, there's several self-published magazines out there, which is great to see. But just for example, um, so it's a bit, I know we're talking, obviously, about AA and PA, but, like, in the... Um, I've, we, we've got two children, um, like, um, almost two and five and a half. But then, like, in the um, Sega Powered, there was a little box out for news where I talked about going watching Sonic 2. And um, we used a picture of me and my son outside the cinema. Mm. And then when he was flicking through, he's like, oh, there's a picture of Daddy. Oh, there's a picture of me. I'm in the magazine. I'm in the magazine. And, um, again, if that's, like, a really nice feeling, the fact that, Andrew, we can both go into Dwight Smith's and just go, oh, that's me, you know. Yeah. Hopefully more people are impressed than, you know, well, more impressed than that uh, guy who served me at Bolton W. Smith's. <laughs> uh, didn't get his name, but, um, you know, I'll try again. Uh, next time I'm over in Bolton, just go, <laughs> recognise this guy, you know. <laughs> we need to add you to the addicts column. I know, I know. There you, there you go. go. Look, it's me. You know, I bounce back. <laughs> definitely get Alan Partridge. I know. It's, just it's every single one. I know. Yeah. Need, needles to say. I have the last laugh. Anyway, sorry. Uh, anyway. Uh, anyway. Um, I mean, this is fantastic. And, look, you know, the fact that you can, as, as you said, go into WH Smith, you can get digital copies, you said. Now, for me, yes. someone who is, you know, unfortunately, my eyesight is... Not what it, my eyes, my eyesight's always been terrible. So, you know, I was there with my magnifying glasses. Sorry, I shouldn't kid. have laughed then. That's all okay. I no, laugh It's because you started chuckling. I went, <laughs> I think, like, oh, God. the thing is, I'm one of those people who I've, I've had my eyesight condition since I was born. You get used to it and you have to laugh mm. at yourself. Honestly, I, the, the number of times I, you know, catch myself doing something silly, but you know, I have really, going back to us about physicality, I remember fondly. Taking my copy of a one Amiga after taking my cover mm. discs off at home, yeah, yeah. And my sister did swimming lessons, but I didn't. I I could, you know, I could swim, but she would be doing swimming, and I'd be sat up like in a cafe, you know, area of a, of a leisure centre. Yeah. Um, so sat up in my cafe, just you know, waiting for her to finish a lesson, 
reading through, looking at the game reviews, and I, I, I have one very specific memory of the April Fool's edition, and I can't remember which year it was, of a one Amiga where they teased the A1 million. And, of course, my eyesight, they very clearly across the keyboard spelt April Fool's oh, wow. on the second row. But because of my eyesight, I'm like, Dad, look, we've got a new A1 million coming out. And my dad's like, um, um, yeah, no, they, they don't, son. Sorry. So people can get it in in, in the UK, you can get it in WH Smith yes, and yes. maybe other news agents. Um, yeah, I think if you ask your local news agent, uh, you know, like Romva System, you know, because they'll all get them from roughly the same uh, distributor. Yeah, the whole way it works uh, is with a distribution, yeah. like a big distributor. Um, yeah. Are we allowed to? I mean, it's it's fairly obvious who they are. It's but. It's about classic di- distribution. I can cut this out if we need to, but uh, Menzies. Menzies? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So obviously, like, they, they've been going for a long time, you know. So, yeah, it's it's just, obviously, we have to make sure the magazine's ready mm-hmm. on time. This is basically what me and Andrew are saying. And now uh, my role is to uh, make sure that I'm cracking the whip in a... Yep friendly way um <laughs> but but basically just making sure like guys where are we up to guys yeah. where are we up to like obviously andrew's um just been uh to a visit as recording this just over a week ago to um a, a local computer museum that mm-hmm. we're going to be featuring so i was like right okay where are you up to with that and he goes yeah, yeah i'm just doing this bit now right okay and then obviously he's not just doing one thing he's doing then something else like on amiga addict as well i'm going Oh god! I've already asked him about this. I'm going to have to just give it a few days. Um, Andrew, uh, how would you be, it's yeah. not. Ju- but by the way, I just want to say it's not just Andrew and Mo's chasing <laughs> up. I've done right, done me rounds today. You know, um, I've, I've spent the day on magazine work, and I've, I also apologise. That God, it's like you know, hi, insert name. Um, not Andrew. Um, I'm, so, I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry to bother you. Just seeing how you're getting on with this uh, at the moment. You know, we've now got eight days till I need to get all the copy in, and then I want to have a, a solid week of proofreading and laying Absolutely. out because yeah. it it goes so quickly. Oh, it does. does it? I, 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 I think I, I, you're right I, to chases, aren't we? Because yeah. you oh, think, yeah, oh, yeah. We've, we've got. See, the magazine comes out, and we'll hurrah, and it's on the shelves, and you think, oh, yeah. we've got six weeks till the next one, but. Actually, we don't. We've only got four weeks because mm-hmm. we have to get it to the printers two weeks early. And yeah. then all of a sudden, four weeks is one week. And you're like, oh, my goodness, we've got so, so much last night to revision, do. isn't it? Yeah, to, yeah, to get so, it. yeah. And yeah. Uh, proofreading takes a surprisingly long time. So uh, the, the bulk of the time, uh, we've got a fantastic graphic designer who does our layouts. He's a very good big shout out to Josh. Uh, but mm. uh, proofreading is something that takes a long time. We have to very much, uh, you have to go through each article. And it's not just correcting grammar, it's correcting sentences. Mm. And the, the number of my articles that I've written where I've thought, that makes sense in my head, yeah, that's okay. And then it comes back so, uh, several days later with 70 corrections. I'm like, what? <laughs> How much gibberish was I speak, was I writing then? <laughs> but again, what sounds good in your own head doesn't necessarily translate to others. But and that's why the proofreading is so important. And we have a three-stage process on Pixel Addict as well. We do a first pass and a second pass, and then we have a final sign-off. So each article yeah. has effectively been proofread three times. 
and yet things still slip through. You know, people will write, will tell us, or will notice in a magazine. Yes. Oh, yeah, we've left that in, or should we remove that? So, but then, interestingly, uh, reading old magazines, I'm starting to spot errors in them as well. Um, I was reading an old Amiga format, and one of the questions from one of the readers just stopped halfway through. I was like, is it on the next page? Where is it? It's like, <laughs> it's no, it's actually gone. It's just not there. So again. Um, I probably wouldn't even have noticed that if we didn't do the, the amount of care and attention that we have to. And yeah. therefore, it does become time-consuming. I've often said to Joan, what, what if we, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if we produced a 300-page magazine for Christmas one year? And the fact of the matter is, is, I don't think we can physically do much more than 60 pages at the moment because we've got no. so much to, it takes so much time mm. to get an article out and check it and ensure that it's right and then lay it out and then check the layout in case anything sneak through and so on. Um, and with a small team that we've got, I think 60 pages is about right. Obviously, it would be wonderful if we could grow into a huge publishing house with 200-page magazines every month, but realistically, that's not going to happen. It comes down to postage costs as well. Right? Absolutely, The bigger yes. the magazine, yeah. It's, yeah. it's obviously then pushing up the postage, so. and that's not always cheap. I know, I know obviously all the boring stuff, you know, because you could easily write 60 pages plus on, on so much stuff, but you also want to keep it affordable yeah. yes. and things like that, you know. Who, who knows? I still remember speaking to Marcus Dyson, who was on Amiga Format, and he said... They, they come in and just to add, say, four pages or take out a couple of pages can really, really make it difficult in regards to the layout of the magazine oh, and yeah. everything like that. You know, it's um, I've spent so much time changing stuff, yeah. So, and obviously these days we've got far more sophisticated tools than they had for the page layout. We've got, mm. I, I don't know what your team are using, but, you know, I think of products like, I forgot, uh, InDesign by Adobe or Affinity's wonderful uh, Affinity Publisher. We've got these... Wonderful tools. You go back to some of our earlier episodes. You know, we talked to Stu Cambridge about the, mm. the wonderful amount of design software. You know, I'm a big believer in Affinity. Things have become easier, but it doesn't mean that they've be, they've become less time consuming. If anything, probably more so because you've got more control. You've got more control of that layout and more more to do. But I, again, I think we're a wonderful age in technology where. Instead of maybe, you know, you having to post off your articles literally in the post, yeah. you yeah. can email them, you can upload them to Dropbox, to OneDrive, to a Discord server, um, and you can collaborate on you know, Google Docs. It's a wonderful time, ironically. It's, it to be- is good. It, it, it makes a massive difference. Sorry for no, putting no, in there, but I think it's just, just summing up. It, it's so easy. I've been speaking to Josh today in regards to layout. He's gone, Paul, where's this? Uh, I've just gone, right, I'll just drop it into, you know, the folder for issue four. Boom. Uh, on Discord, have you got it? Yes, I've got it. Oh, can you do us a favour? Can you just find us this and then yeah. put it into here for me? And yada, yada, yada. And it, it's good. It makes it easy. So Andrew can say, right, well, I've, I've, this is ready now for proofing and put it into a folder. We can open it up. I totally agree with him on regards to how have there that many... Um, Things need changing because I still remember getting one back from uh, Ian, deputy editor over on a Amiga Addict one night, and uh, that man's a machine. Like he is he, a night owl because you get up in the morning and you go like 132 suggested changes, and you go, "Oh my god, what did I say?" But then again, saying that, like when Andrew said, "Oh, it's in your head," I just did 
two pages on my own gaming origins, something which I thought, this is nice and easy. And again, I was in work, and then when I caught up on the chat, Andrew, the other day, and it's going to say, I don't want to change Paul's personality, this, that, the other, but this doesn't read right. And I've looked back at it and I've gone, huh? That doesn't rewrite at all. I'm like just going, that's not even a sentence. Well, it's a bit of a sentence. And then some words sort of taking it off here, there, everywhere. But then it's like, do you mean this? Do you mean that? I've looked back, like a massive Discord chat going, yep, yep, change that. Yep, I trust you. And then, you know, it's just sometimes you get into the zone so much. And the rule is, and I need to get better at this as well, the next day, Take a step back yeah. and then reread what you wrote the day before because sometimes your head turns to mush. I'll be honest, I think we've all been there. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's hard work, but again, there's no better feeling when you actually get that finished magazine, um, you know, through the door or off the shelf, you know, but. And it's yeah. it's fantastic. I I am really excited. I am the next time I am in W. H. Smith. I am going to see if I can pick up a copy. And I encourage everyone go and check out Pixel Addict. Go and check out Amiga Amiga Addict if you are an Amiga fan. If you're not an Amiga fan, what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> you know, Reese. I'm talking to you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you control up, Reese. Talking to you, mate. Um, where can people? So if people obviously we know where we can go physically. Where can people find out yeah. more about the Addict magazines? Okay, well, we've got um, a, a website which you can get both on, just www. I don't know if people even have to say that anymore, just addict.media. Um, at least they do, do the HTTP, uh, what is it, backslash, backslash, and everything yeah. like that. You know, I'm not that uncool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so yeah, it's just like addict.media. Um, when time allows, we will get, obviously, everything tidied up a little bit more on there but you've got uh back issues uh obviously with style um i know it's a bit dark in this room now but we have got uh an, an amiga addict binder which Ooh, is now full of 12 issues um you know a proper throwback and uh i am meaning to speak to jonah at some point to actually say a uh, few issues of pixel addict in i think it's almost time to get the pixel addict folder out yeah. maybe a pixel addict t-shirts like the amiga addict t-shirt um, and then there's things like coasters, uh, stickers, um, blankety blank checkbook and pen. It's a um, bottle as so, well. Yeah, cuddly toy. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. There's a yeah the uh, Amigo Addict bottle uh, to put drink in. Yeah, and a mug to put your coffee in. So. Yes, I have got the mug. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's usually beer, diet coke, or uh, wine or coffee. Good choices. Uh, drink. Anyway, just don't uh, mix yeah, those up. Yeah. Um, no i know oh god i know uh, but no it, there's a lot there's a lot there and uh, obviously the big thing for us in the last year has been we've been at a couple of events as well the events are still a bit um all over the place mm. at the moment i don't mean uh geographically i mean some things um are still a bit slow coming yes, back yeah. but you know we've been down at saying things like um the doncaster video games market which is great because you get to meet in person because as we said technology is great but we're not sat in the same room we're spread around the country so um we we this is the first time i've obviously seen andrew in um picture um person but not in, in picture person face you know to I mean. face absolutely. picture person yeah, yeah. yeah face to face you know uh and yeah it's it's just it's good like you know uh, i remember meeting joan for the first time last december and just um you know shaking his hand Although it was still COVID time, so obviously then you had to get the hand gel. Yeah, get the hand gel out. Well yeah. overthinking this. Yeah, but it's just, it was so good to see people that you've been working with, you know. And um, yeah, it's just good that 
basically what I'm bringing back to the magazines is I want to make sure that we list on both magazines upcoming events yeah. because I want people to go, well, like, for example, down at the um, at the uh, Southwest Amiga Group meeting, mm-hmm. the SWAG meet, yep. uh, Workbench 2022, the other weekend, uh, a couple of the guys were down from both magazines. Uh, and yeah, that, that's the sort of thing. We want people to go, oh, yeah, all right. Tell us what you feel like about a magazine. Tell us what you hate. Um, I don't think any of us are going to throw our toys out of the pram, you know, because um, that's how you get better. So what what we would love to, uh, for people to do is obviously join the relevant Discord services. Servers. The links are all on the uh, website. Uh, but also drop us a, a letter or two or an email because uh, we in, in both magazines we have a letters page and uh, we don't have as many letters coming in sometimes as you know, the olden days. In the days of Discord, of course, you don't need to. But if you'd like to write in and have your your name up in lights, and uh, via just drop us an email with your feedback. But we want to make these magazines what the readers want to read, not what we think the readers want. We want them to tell us what they want. So, could you feature an article about such and such? Um, or Andrew, why do you hate the Nintendo? You <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, honest feedback. Um, Love Paul, <laughs> exactly. I think I've made an enemy tonight, haven't I? Love Paul A14. <laughs> but not really. But yeah, we would love to. We, we will like readers' feedback because we, we hope both of these magazines will be around for a very long time. So please do write in um, our Discord, email, whatever. And let us know what you think. What you, and what you'd like to see. Mm. And what you'd like to see us cover. And indeed, submit articles. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're, we don't just publish articles from our small team. We have community submissions. There are some regular writers that uh, send in. But we would love to see more articles from people. Um, um, you know, if you're an Amiga fan, write for an Amiga addict. But uh, as Pixel Addicts, of course, it opens it all up. So we've got the Transformers toy. James mentioned Scale Electric earlier. So if you've got a great Scale Electric or a Hornby train set and you want to write about it, your experiences, how you created it and so on, then absolutely just write in and uh, write us a little article, uh, send us some pictures, and we will publish these sorts of things. We, 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 the, the idea is that the, these are community magazines Brilliant. written for and by the community. So please do feel free to write in and say, would we like an article on such and such? Or just send us an article. Um, it doesn't have to be perfectly written. Don't worry, the proofreading process will, <laughs> will ensure it's uh, all publishable. Uh, but um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So yeah, no, Andrew's right Fantastic. there, definitely. Just, just like say... Tell, tell us what you want to write about because more often than not again I know I repeat myself but if you've got the passion then you've got a story you know why are you yeah. passionate about it and then like I say the proofreading people will do yeah what I can't because uh, my proofreading needs some uh, yeah <laughs> a bit better skill or more practice even yeah. anyway Sorry, James. You have to get past my swear. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, God. Andrew's swear filter. Um, He's right. It is a family magazine, so obviously we've got to keep it clean. Um, And yeah, so it's. I think it's just. uh, He keeps me on the straight and narrow when we're going through stuff. He's going, Paul. I'm going to take this bit out. I just tone this down, and I just go, Oh, God, really? And then I think about it, and just going, He's right, though. He's right. Every time he's yeah. right over it, but it's just like the rebellious part of me. He still thinks like a fourteen-year-old, you know, reading yeah. um, Viz or something like that. You know, 
And it's amazing how people's personalities come across. Obviously, you know, we all three of us have different personalities, but one of the things I love about podcasting and about this, uh, particularly in our retro space, you know, um, I, I think we, we, we've mentioned Neil a lot, but I think it's fair to say that Neil from RMC has done so much for our community. But, um, you know, oh, yes, yes. you know, the, uh, Neil will, I haven't decided on episode orders yet, but Neil will be on an episode just, you know, before a previous episode, we actually got a chance to speak to Neil. Um, and it was so interesting to to have that chat, Andrew and Paul. Thank you so much for your time. It's it's been this has definitely been. A, a, I describe this as a bumper Christmas edition of Crosswires. <laughs> We've definitely gone long on this one, but do you know what? It's been so much fun to talk with you, with you both. Thank you so much. Um, before we uh, wrap up, uh, if people want to stalk you both on social media, where can we do so? Okay, um, on Twitter, I am PD. M O N, so P D Mon, um, at um, Andrew. Just uh, where's my phone? Uh, well, I don't have social media or, or YouTube. I keep my internet presence a little lower. But you can find me on the RMC Discord or on the uh, Pixel Addict or Amiga Addict Discord. Uh, my nickname on there is Sozzled. Uh, stroke Andrew S so you'll be able to find me on those Discord servers that's the best and you can see how often I actually search for myself but it's just at pdmonpaul uh, on uh, Twitter (laughs) Uh, and I'm on Facebook and stuff like that but I'm trying to keep all my games things on um, on Twitter and things like that uh, but yeah, and again, just follow um, at Amiga Magazine and uh, Pixel Addict Magazine on Twitter as well. I mean, both on Facebook as well, if you search for Amiga uh, Addict and Pixel Addict. And uh, yeah, I, I need to start being a bit more proactive on that because we've got a lot to shout about other than just yeah. the issues out. We just want to obviously go, hey, did you see this feature on, I don't know, Transformers Tile? Did you see this feature on, you know, the accelerators and things like that? You know, it's... Um, there's a lot of talented writers out there, you know. Um, I want to hear from him. I'm sorry, I'm going to all this again. I know you say it's the longest so one. I apologise. I knew, um, <laughs> obviously, take this bit out if you're not, but I know that when I saw most of the episodes at an hour, I thought, if we're less than an hour, I've done something wrong. Um, and I've not said a word. Uh, but yeah, there we go. You know, it's like a good... I'm proud. I'm proud now that I've made this longest episode. You know, you don't go. be cutting this into a two-parter. Like we have to do with oh, some no, no. things. This will, and don't be put out at Christmas out either, because that's still months off. They'd be like, oh, gosh, I know, no, so no, we just this... got issue three out of the shops and really up to like issue nine or something like that. Oh. I know. No, this, so we are we are aiming for weekly um, for weekly podcasts. And, you know, you know, I love doing this show. Honestly, I want to say a huge thank you, you know, as my wrap-up. I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's, you know, reached out to be part of the show. We've got some really cool things lined up and we've got a great new team member joining soon. We'll be making an announcement about that very soon on our Twitter. Um, speaking of which, you can follow us on Twitter at CrosswiresMG. BMG is meant to stand for media group, but there's no media group. It is, as I've said before, it is just Muggins here uh, who's running the show. Um, you can find our YouTube, which, and I promise you, there is a new episode, honestly, of the YouTube uh, show coming crosswires.net forward slash YouTube. You can find the show notes for this episode, which will, of course have links to both magazines uh, and everything that we've talked about at crosswires.net. You can email podcast at crosswires.net. And of course, on my podcast episodes, there are comments. Have you got any fond memories of magazines? Have Do you have a favorite magazine issue that you just want to say, oh, I love this because... 
talk to us. And of course, if there's anything you want to pass on uh, to the guys, please do send it through, and I'll gladly pass it on to them um, if you um, if you want to do so. Thank you, as always, everyone who listens. Thank you for everyone who engages, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye bye. 